Hey, I'm Michael, your CMO. I welcome you to Experience Night Moods. This show is for anyone wanting to receive relaxation and inspiration. I call it the lab, the headquarters, where life gets creative and I get to mix it up so you can fit in. Inside the lab, I get to empower and equip you in your mood and faith. You'll also get interviews from time to time. So enjoy the fellowship, communication, and community as I teach you on all matters of the kingdom. They even told me to get into the deeper, deeper stuff. So get ready to discover things about yourself. And yes, I found a way to allow some of my friends in to help me mix it up so you get to engage, encounter, experience, and execute living your life in God's kingdom privileges. This is not going to be your ordinary radio show. It's time for the church to mature. You are listening to Night Moods on Blog Talk Radio. It's time to get into the lab. That's right, it's time to get in the lab. Welcome in to this episode. I am your Chief Food Officer, Michael. I'm excited. I got hair all over me standing up, what's on my arm. This is going to be, you're in for a fun treat tonight. In this moment, on the day side, wherever you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, you're listening to the atmosphere in the background, chill beats for a special episode, conversation with one of my mentors, Apostle Brenda Carroll. Now, for the longest, I have been calling her Apostle Brenda Carroll often. I recently realized that she took off the hype and has gone back to her maiden name, which is really kind of cool. But she'll be with us shortly here. I want you to power everything off. And just listen in the conversation. You Remember, you can always email me during this episode. We're not, we're not actually live, but you can email during the show, nightmoodshdq at gmail.com. And I want you just to take some notes. Maybe there's some things that you're going to be hearing during this conversation, two which are for you. And if there are for you, I want you to just let that take root. Um, I have known Apostle Brenda since, I think, 87. And she's not only been a, a good friend to my natural family, but a, a good friend, a blessed friend to me, unbeknownst to me, I did not even understand her position was 
and meaning her purpose for me because I would, she worked at a jewelry store in the mall that I worked at. Um, that mall is no longer existing, but on breaks, I would just go down and just stand in her, her place of work and then just like spill my life out. Probably boring the heck out of her, but she was for me a bridge upon bridge upon bridge. And you're in for a good treat. I have five mentors, my elders that God has placed me with, and two are remaining to this day, and she is one of the two. And so with that, no further, I want to introduce you guys to, I'm kind of like nervous here, because you know, when you're having interviews and conversations with just regular old, not that my friends are regular old folk, but it's kind of special when you have special people in your life that mean the world to you. So if you don't get jittery or nervous, then something's wrong with you. So I'm a little bit, you know, kind of composed. And uh, welcome into the lab, Apostle Brenda. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, Apostle Michael. <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm a little, like, I've been like scatterboat. I had to get my night cycle last night. I did 19 miles just to calm down, just to be at peace with Father. And I want to just mention to your ears from my lips, I have appreciated you, loved you as a younger brother, um, even before agreeing into this assignment that Father's placed me in. And just looking back, I was sitting there bike, biking last night, or this morning. I got off the bike about five, four this morning. Uh-huh. And I was just, how appreciative I am for the gold keys in my life. And I was sitting there thinking, many people don't understand the importance of wisdom and gold and people in our lives. And maybe sometimes we, we kind of turn them off because, you know, we really don't want to hear it. But night owls, listen, gold keys in your life are extremely, I can't even, just, there are no descriptors. They're just extremely important. Your keys of influence, whether they're there to empower us, encourage us, build us up, or even help open some doors along the journey of life. And if you don't have a gold key, just ask Father to place a person of influence in your life. Don't go searching for someone because you don't know who you're going to find at the door that could be against you. But I say that, and I got to watch what I say because we, she knows me. She knows I'm a nut and I'm a fool sometimes, so I've got to kind of calm that down. Um, I say that, Apostle Brenda, because you have been, for me, since 87, that gold key. And in wow. seasons coming, seasons and going, going on, when we come back in reconnection, it's like there has never been that disconnect. And I wanted to say thank you for being on this, this episode, being a part of Night Moods. And I'm excited, but thank you so much for being and taking the invitation and taking out your time being with me. Well, Pastor Michael, I really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's a blessing, and it's a privilege and an honor to um, be on here for you as well. Um, as you were stating, you know, we've known each other for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when, when you're ministering to people, um, when you're trying to connect with people, when you're pouring out, you know, what God is doing and how God is doing it, and you're trying to bring them in where you are, mm-hmm. 
a lot of times you don't even think about the impact that you've had on their life, mm. you know? Because mm-hmm. I just, you know, you just don't think about it. So, you know, you just do what you do because you love doing what God has called you to do. And you don't even think about, you know, you're giving glory to God because you don't even, you, you, I mean, it's not about you. So mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't think about the fact that you're having. So I'm great to God that I was used in your life. Oh, my gosh. Major. I mean, I'm not beefing you up, but I say major. I'm, and you're, you're talking right now. And Night Owls, you have to understand, I'm having a moment back in McChesney Park Mall right now. <laughs> that, that is going on right now. Yeah. Because yeah. she worked at a jewelry store. I think it was Dale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would come walking in, my little depressed, little yuck mouth, just depressed. And yeah. just to just stand there looking at the jewelry because I was coming out of a relationship. And it was, you know, you have your high school relationships. You think that's the world to you. Mm-hmm. But you just poured. And I don't think I had any other than I just wanted to be around light. And I didn't understand what I was doing yes. in that moment. And I would just sit there while you would work. And then I would go, you know, and even, I was working at Musicland at the time take my break, okay. get off work, and then go sit at the jewelry store. <laughs> like, I remember. I remember. <laughs> so I'm having that moment because that's the connection. And so, yeah. you guys, I have this connection with Apostle Brenda, and then there's a family connection because uh-huh. her, her sisters uh-huh. were connected to her mother yeah. in entertainment, uh, cheerleading for a local football team. So we are, our families have been connected for years. And so this bond, if you don't, I'm telling you, gold keys in your life help you keep humble because Uh she is not slack and bringing down the switch to make some corrections. And that is, you need that. I'm telling you, you need this. Yes. And that is freedom. That is truly freedom when you can be corrected in your position by your elder at any moment, any time, because you're acting out of order. So I just want to say I appreciate you. Welcome to the show. Amen. Thank you for the opportunity again, Apostle, and I appreciate you as well. Now, I know you, and the night owls don't know you. So, okay, we have to be a basics here. Who is Brenda Carroll? Who's Brenda Carroll? Well, first of all, let me tell you that I did, um, actually, I do still have lost in my name. Yeah. So I've always had hyphenated last name. So it is still there. Just so that you know, not that that's so important, but just so that you know that it's still there. And um, I, as far as who I am, Apostle, mm-hmm. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody mm-hmm. who can tell you anybody. That's, that's who Brother Carol Lofton is. And that's, I'm giving you the face on that one because I know better, but I'm going to let you go with that one. You know better. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am. I don't, know who, I don't know who you see me as, but I appreciate who you see me as, but that's who I see me as. Um, you know, it's not even about building up. I just see you as a woman of stature who's gone through some I life. I appreciate that. Um, I see you as a woman who is, like you said, pouring in. And even when, you know, for me, whether you're in ministry, whether you're in business, or you're doing anything in life, the recognition through humility is important. 
uh-huh. because it lets you know that you're on track to whatever God has for you. Even if it's, if it's not ministry, it could be a business. It could be right. being a spouse. It could be being the best mom, the best dad that you could be. But the, the, the recognition through humility and not like recognition for the sake of, I need to be seen, I need to be known, blah, 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 blah. But yes, 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 yes. there's a distinct difference. So when you're speaking that, I'm just like, mm-hmm, okay. But the, it, there's humility. <laughs> Guys, you well, have to understand, I'm, I got to tone this down because we're just going to, it's just a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that I'm a mother. I'm a mother of two. Yes. <laughs> I have a daughter and I have a son and I have seven grandchildren. <laughs> seven grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. So that that's. I am. That's who I am. I'm just. Uh, I'm. I'm just uh, um, trying to be the best mother, best grandmother I can be, mm-hmm. the best friend I can be, the best sister I can be. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be the best that I can be. Try to be the best business partner I can be. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be my best, and and you know, uh, according to what God has given me to do. Best pastor I can be. And close your relationships because I get to observe and when our seasons come together and observing you are true in your relationships and this is like true freedom guys what, what, I'm, what the conversation is centered around is freedom and how to live in freedom mm-hmm. and truly know and believe you are free despite yeah. what the world gives you and you are an author you're an author and I want to touch yeah, on that Yes, I am. I'm an author. Okay. Well, she's an we, author. What's the name yes, of the book? I, we, um, with my mentor, uh, uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Monique Flemings in Chicago, um, she's my mentor. She's one of my mentors. And um, she did an anthology project, and it's called Let the Daughters Arise. And it's about unmuzzling women to be able to speak. Mm. And um, she did two volumes, and I was in the second volume. And the title of my uh, the title of my uh, chapter in the book was "I'll Wait," oh. and I, I was um, I was so I was so grateful to God for allowing me to be a part of this project because the first one He didn't allow me to be a part of, mm-hmm. but when she decided she was going to do the second one, the Holy Spirit said, "Okay, you need to jump into this one," and so and so I did, and for the first for the first um, we we ended up being. Um, Amazon best authors. Um, what is it? not number one bestseller? It was um, the best-selling author on, okay. on on that um, on that book, and um, and it was I sold fifty books right off the bat. Yeah, so it was it was awesome. It was liberating. It was it was it's an awesome opportunity for the Lord to allow to allow me to be used like this, you know, and a lot of times people think about waiting on God and they think it's such a simple thing to do because I've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we know you have to wait on God. Yeah, you know you have to wait on him, but do you? Mm-hmm. But do you with him? And that's where we get. Yeah, we know we need to wait on him. The scripture tells us that we need to wait on him. Mm-hmm. But do we wait? And a lot of times we don't wait and we get ourselves in situations that we should not be in because we didn't wait for God. We didn't wait for the timing of God that doesn't operate in time. So he comes when he knows that. Deep. 
I told you it's the conversation. Now, <laughs> I you said something. I want I want to I want to hold a little bit. Um, okay. You talked about the muzzle, mm-hmm. and you know we talk about this from time to time when we when we get on the phone. And for me, how important is this muzzle to come off of women? What is this? What is it like when you are with those in your your fear of influence? And when they are liberated and that muzzles off, and why is it important for the muzzle to come off? Why? Why? Well, it's important because in our society, um, Apostle, and I know that you know this, in the church realm where we grew up in the era, when we grew up in even sometimes even now, women aren't allowed to speak. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to sit in the pulpit. They're not allowed to, you know, and they, and a lot of times they use this, the scripture that says women need to study to be quiet. Not even understanding what was happening in that particular time, mm-hmm. what God was saying, what happened, the reason that women had to be quiet at that time. Right. That was not saying that women could not, could not bring the word. He was not saying that women couldn't in ministry. That scripture has been taken out of context so many times and so women have been muzzled because of that i've had experienced my own self where i've been to churches and all the preachers were sitting in the pulpit and i was told that i had to sit down there in the front in the on the pew i couldn't even sit up there as an apostle or as a pastor or whoever you know mm-hmm. i couldn't so um you know i uh, so, so many times women have been muzzled and been been told to be quiet and you can't speak and you have nothing to say and you know, those kind of things. It, it's important for us to know that we have a voice as well. Well, he gave you a voice. He gave us a voice, yes. And I understand, you know, the hate mail is going to be coming. Well, you know, the, the man is the covering to the woman. Well, you're talking about marriage. And as you said, when you study the scriptures, of what was going on in that generation and the, the debauchery that these men were doing and priests with other priests and uh-huh. doing all this crazy stuff because they were doing what the Gentiles were doing at the, of that day and of that generation. Uh-huh. And I, I, this muzzling, you see, you're, you're on something that is like paramount because people don't understand as when you're a watchman on the wall, there's some junk going on in the, the denominations. I'm just going to put it out there like this. From the okay. back the church from ministers sexually assaulting the oh, women. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, there are names thrown around on the news feeds that is will just blow your mind. Yes. And women don't have a voice. And I don't want to just keep this to the church, but this is the conversation. But uh-huh. even in society, in the culture, uh-huh. because of how boys are being raised, yes. I will order how to misappropriate and mistreat our mothers, our daughters, our sisters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Can you speak on that? Yes. Um, I think that, I, I believe that, um, that that's where the beginning, that's where it all, you know, started. A lot of it is coming from there because, you know, we talk to our daughters all the time about, um, our daughters all the time about, you know, what, who, how they're supposed to be treated and what, what kind of man to look for. You know, a lot of times we say, right. a lot of times women are looking for, or girls are looking for somebody that might be like their dad, you know, or something like that. But we never hone in on our boys like that. We never say to our boys, this is how you're supposed to treat a woman. 
Mm-hmm. But this is you know, um, the reason I did, you open the door for her, give her affirmation, and you know, it's, and we don't do that with the boys. And that's what, that is a huge problem. Huge problem. Well, we, we're 12 year old right now. She's the last Absolutely. And we need to start, Apostle, we need to start when they're three and four and five years old. Mm-hmm. So those are the stages when they are learning how to be effective adults. But I don't think we get that. Hmm. Because now we're saying, oh, they're this baby. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, right. hey, look at, he hit his mom. You know, look at, he hit his mom. He was just playing. Absolutely not. You're teaching him to hit women. Right. Right. So we, we, we don't think about it. We don't think about it um, in the future. We just think about it looking at right now. But what we're doing is creating an adult. Hmm. A violent adult. Who can't a violent adult. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this whole muzzle piece, I'm like, I'm in my lab. And it's one of the days when you get down here, I'm going to have you step in here. I look at the corner and it's like I'm actually visualizing a woman in the, in the corner. Mm-hmm. How would you, this is really kind of vital, if you're listening to the show, this episode, and, and you are in a cage, and you're in a domestic situation, mm-hmm. how would you serve any of our night owls who are in the corner, the door's open, but yet they don't want, they're, they're not free, this whole muzzle piece, it's like, how would you serve that piece? It's like, this is really kind of cool, because we're talking about the work indirectly. But yet we're talking about directly because this is this is going on in those doors, not even on the, you know, and on the bad side of your urban. It's going on on the east side, north side. Oh yeah. And these big houses, and these battered women who are muzzled and they're not free in God, free to be a business, person, free to be a coach, free to be anything that they have been assigned to be, because there's a muzzle, and with the muzzle there's a leash. How would you, what would you say to that person listening? Well, Pastor, because I've been there before, mm. I have a lot of that. <laughs> Go ahead. Because I've been there before, I have a testimony to about that. I've been there before and went through an abusive relationship with my mouth closed. Mm. Afraid to say anything. A lot of times it's because of fear and not for fear that we won't get help for fear of anyone knowing that we actually went through that you actually going through something like that you don't want and it's kind of like a privacy thing you don't want people to know what's going on in your house and and this person that you love so much and that's the key right there you love them so much that you're willing to allow this thing to happen thinking that it's going to get better and that's where we are. We're going to get better. It is not going to get better. It is not going to get better. If, if it happens once, it'll happen twice. It'll happen three times. It'll happen four times. So what I, what I would say to a woman that's going through that, first of all, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Find one person that you can trust mm-hmm. to talk to. And they can minister to you to help you get out of that situation. Talk to somebody, your pastor, uh, a best friend, or somebody. Because I had friends. I'm going to tell you what, what happened one time when 
um, I was at the jewelry store, and you know, you coming in to talk to me. Thank God I was the manager because I probably would have got fired. Yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good thing that I was the manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I had my husband came into my husband came into um into the store and created a ruckus in the store. Now some people will step up, some people will step back and say, I'm not gonna get involved. Right. The assistant branch manager, who was actually a friend of mine as well, she called the police. And he actually was arrested. And the thing about it is we and then we're fearful about what the next step will be. After that, you go, oh, he's been arrested. What's going to happen when I go home? What's, you know, what, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Right. And fuck that. You try to find your inner strength. Find your inner strength. Step away from the situation and call somebody, talk to somebody so they can help you. It's not an easy thing to do, but you can do it. You can do it because you are better than that. You don't even, you don't deserve that kind of life. You don't, your kids don't deserve to be a part of the kind of lifestyle. Right. I mean, so the important thing, the first step I would say is to find somebody to talk to that you can trust. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can deal everything you do because that would be the first thing I would say that you, you know, that you should do. And I want to talk to the man piece here, get the man's perspective you know, because this is not like it's, well, this is not happening. You know, we're in 2022. No, brothers and sisters, this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And men, if you are a part in this, if you're a partner to this type of business, and you're the one who is projecting abuse, it's time to get right with yourself and apologize. And remove yourself from the setting so that wholeness and healing can begin. Yes, yes. Because if you don't remove yourself from the setting, men, boys who are wanting to be men, but they're not men because you're abusing physically, psychologically, spiritually, sexually. Yes. You have to step out of the setting and you'll... Put your big boy's pants on because you can take care of the pain, but you never yeah. took care of the hurt that you are that projecting you upon someone. Exactly. You know, Apostle, and another thing, our young, our young women are getting into relationships like this. Yes. With, with, um, and, 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 and let's not, let's not um, leave. There are some men that are being abused as well. Yes. So, we, you know, we're, we're talking about both ends of the spectrum. Yes, we are. But again, you know, our young women and our young are sometimes are in, involved in these in these um, in these, uh, relationships that are causing them harm, and it's because they have low self-esteem and they and they feel like they don't have it. Nobody else will want them, and there's they they feel like something's wrong on the inside of them, so they have to settle for this type of person in their life. You don't have to settle. You are who God says you are. You are a woman. You are a man. You are beautiful in the eyesight of God. He does not want you to be treated this way. Come on. Now, and, I, I want to make this 
real clear, you guys. We are not men bashing on this 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 cast. No. This is just speaking truth to power. Yeah. It's I, reality. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just reality. Yeah. It's just reality. Yes. And with as much violence as going on here in America now. I say pick a country, find a problem. The same problems here are everywhere. Mm-hmm. In the continent of Africa, oh, it's profound. Southeast Asia, oh, this same, same deal that's happening here in the States, it's quite over there because women are second-class citizens in oh, many yeah. of these countries. And so your freedom, I, I always say this, is your responsibility. It's your yeah. responsibility. Well, I'm married and we're, you know, I'm a soulmate and we're one. It's your responsibility at the end of the day. Now, this is just a little bit about your work. Why did you get start doing, why did you get start, why did you get, what, what was the genesis of this? What's, what had you to start this? What, what caused you to start this? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Because I knew this is what God called me to. Um, with the experiences that I've had in my life, I recognized that I wasn't having these experiences to keep to myself. Mm. There was somebody out there just like me that needed help. Because God allowed me to make it out. It was up to me to be a, 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 a mouthpiece for God. And for whoever is going through this particular situation and other situations, it was my responsibility to speak on it so you can, that you can be free. So God, so God, I started the um, Sisters Can We Talk ministry over 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen marriages healed. I've seen men and women be free, come to God. This all types of deliverance come through this ministry, and it has been a godsend. And so when God spoke to me and told me to start this ministry, I knew that it was him, and that's what made me do it, because I wanted, I love God so much. I wanted to hear God's people be, I wanted to see God's people be free. This is passion, you guys. That's what I love about conversations. Yeah, we're interviewing, but more so this is conversation, because you can step into the conversation evolve and it's like organic and it's like evolving and if you see the genesis of what we do here on night moves it's freedom it's freedom and you can probably go out to your house and look down your street or go out to your apartment and look down the hallway and recognize that there's some tension somewhere mm-hmm. there's there's a victim somewhere and you may question it. You may see some signs, but you, like what you just said earlier about this, uh-huh. but you don't want to get involved. Right, and right. You, you could be stopping something. Tra- Not that it always has to lead the tragic, but you do some reports and you do some searching out and you'll find that many of these relationships now with the prevalence of guns in America lead to violence. Yes. Yes. It's like you just talk through a gun. Yes. And like this isn't, you know, in Aurora last week, boyfriend, girlfriend had a 
two-month, two-year-old, two-month-old, two-year-old, excuse me, boyfriend was questioning as a baby mind. Uh, the girlfriend goes to sleep. The boyfriend goes and beats the baby up. Oh, my God. Happening, this is going on last year, last month, last week, excuse me. And so what we're talking about is reality. And yes. You have to have the strength to use what God has given you, and that's your mouth. When you're in these, and you're not free, there is no reason to be in the corner, and you're not shackled, but you're, you're, the remnants are there. Or the abuser comes in and look, gives you that look, or says, if I can't have you, no one can have you. Because I hear that mess, and I, I stop that right in a moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But there are so many listening, and they're in that corner, but the door is open. And they're afraid to get up because yeah. no one's there to walk with them. Yes, and I understand that fear. I do understand that fear because I experienced it. So I understand the fear, and it is real. That fear is real. But I'm here to tell you that fear, you don't allow fear to stagnate you. Don't allow you to, to stop you from being, um, but from being free. You've got to find the inner strength somewhere to move forward. They say dead space is not good on podcast or radio, but I want you guys <laughs> to get that soak in. What is the purpose? You're understanding the purpose. There are many folks listening to this episode who are just not free, who are under a violent government in their own household. And it may not, it could be with your children. We haven't even discussed that. It could be even with your children beating on you, having no respect, having no honor before you because you no longer have the parent. Absolutely. You become the friend. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and what, what we don't realize, and see, this was one of the things that helped I had to realize that my son was being taught that this was, this was a good relationship. Mm. I had to realize that I'm teaching my daughter that this is the type of man that she needs in her life. Mm-hmm. I'm making it look like it's healthy. Wow. You're making so, it look like it's healthy. Yes, I'm making it look like it's healthy. So what will they do? They're only going to mimic what they see. Yep. Yep. So that so that was the thing that was the thing, Apostle, that got me out. It was the thought of, Oh, I cannot allow my son to think it's okay for him to beat women. I can't allow my daughter to think that this is the kind of man that's okay in her life. It's time for me to go. I didn't do it, I did it for them, but that's who God used. Right. Get me out. And though you did it for them, indirectly it came back around that you were doing it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. This is really awesome. What's the thing that you wish you knew before you started this assignment? Well, I, I, I believe that the thing that I under, I wish I would have known a long time ago, like as far as like in my role as pastoring, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that's so, that I, attached to people mm-hmm. and I so I have detachment issues um so because when I'm attached to you I'm a 
to you. And I'm going to do whatever I can do for you and help you in any way I can help you. Mm -hmm. But as a pastor, you need to always understand that people come and people go. Mm -hmm. Whether you, you can do the best for them, you can do the best that you can be for them, but it doesn't matter. Sometimes they will just find something that, and it can be nothing, but they will find something that you did, unbeknownst to you, that you did, and they will leave. And if you find yourself attached to them like I have been, it brings much pain, much pain. And I would, if I would have known that a long time ago, I would have not, I would have loved people like I do, but I would have not attached myself to them that way. Yeah, that's a hard one. How do, how do, how do you recover from that? Because I know there's someone listening. How do you recover from that? Only way you recover is give it to God, and that's the only way I did. I just prayed, and I laid before the Lord. I got many tears, many tears, many tears, but just I just had to give it to the Lord and let him handle it because at the end of the day, they were still gone. What were you, you going to do? So now you're thinking, you're making yourself miserable, and you're hurting still, but it's time to just give it to God and let him go. That's the only thing I can say to you that you can do to get through that mm-hmm. is just give it to the Lord and and um, and learn from it. Yeah, and be a learning experience for you. Let it be a teaching moment for for you. And that's what it was for me. And for me, that's true because I had some of those same issues um, with myself. You know, you get like you said, you just get attached and. Then you take it, for me, I took it personally. I'm just going to talk about myself. I take oh, it yeah. personally. It's like, okay, what did I do? You know, right, right. And you go down that rabbit trail, and then you, then you go through the season of resentment. And I'm telling you, this is real. It is real. This is real. Then you got you to gotta either correct yourself or Father will bring the correction to you that you don't need to resent that because you didn't understand that that was for a season. Mm-hmm. And then you have to release the ownership because I had to release the ownership. But I realized yeah. I never had the ownership over it. In the first place. Thank right. You. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly it right there. We put things on us that we should not put on us right. because these are God's people. They're not our people. That's right. Oh, my gosh. And I was January of 2020. I was on the phone with Apostle Tim and had that, had that light bulb Oprah Winfrey moment, what you just said. And Tim said, aha. Uh-huh. You got it. I'm like, man, I'm free, Tim. I'm so liberated. Um, yeah. So when you are liberated, when you are free, when you step into freedom, you do not want to step out of freedom. No. And, <laughs> and there's nothing that people can do that can take it away from you when you truly no. have freedom. No. Once you found it, once you found it, you have it. Mm. And you let you hold on to it like your life. You will not. Let anything disturb your freedom when you realize that you are free. Mm, when you realize that you are free. Mm-hmm. I had I had a bishop say all the time that um, he always told the story about a dog that was tied up all the time, like in the yard, tied just sitting in the yard, just tied up all day and night, just tied up. And then one one day the um, one day the um, owner of the dog came in and, and took took the leash off the dog, and because he didn't even know he was free, he just sat there. Right. Because that's what he was used to. Yeah. That's what he was used to. He just sat there. 
even know you were free. And that's what we do when we don't know that we're free. We sit there. But once we realize, I bet you as soon as that dog found out he was free, he could go a little further than that chain took him. I bet he was running all over that yard. So that's what we do when we find out we're free. We eliminate and we will not allow anything else to come in and, and bind us up that way again. Man, this is like huge. I mean, there are so many. It's like when you come to a table like a golden corral i'm not promoting golden corral i'm just saying that you're at a buffet table and you're getting so much on the table you can take a little bit do this a little bit this is what this conversation like because it's across the board yes this is a table about freedom but we gotta we gotta unpack something and so what she's doing is she is literally unpacking for you and the small amount of time parts of her life that gives you the courage to unpack. And like what you just used that analogy with it, that that's a real analogy. People yeah. are scared. Many folks are scared that they don't understand that you are free because Jesus made you free. Yeah. 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 You may have been bound that muzzle you talked about, Brenda, that was, I mean, that's that muzzle is off, but yet you're still muzzled. Uh-huh. And your eyes are looking at that door that's closed, but that door is open. Uh-huh. And it's that fear that's gripping, like what you're talking about. I think, I think that was just really awesome. It's like that chain's off. Of you. So I want to yeah. encourage you. That, that that chain is off of you. I mean, you can actually just wiggle your arms, wiggle your legs. And yeah. There's, there's no chain there. Right, right. And stand right. up, take a deep breath. And that first step is that step into freedom. Absolutely, absolutely. So be don't be afraid to take it. Take it. See, take take it even afraid. Take it. Take it even afraid. But take the step. Yeah, take that step even afraid. Because God will meet you there. You talk about mentors. I love the fact that you said you you have mentors. Mentors have mentors for the sake of growth. Absolutely. Who are some of, you know, you don't have to list everyone, but who are just some of those key, I call you guys golden keys in my life, for you? Who are those people to you, and, and how, do you, how do you honor them? Um, I would say that uh, Dr. Monique is a, is, a, is a mentor for me. Dr. Lord Michael Hunt in Chicago. He's a mentor for me. Um, Apostle um, Matthew Stevenson is a mentor for me. And um, my mother is a mentor for me. Oh, forgot about Miss Betty. So sorry. My mother is a mentor. Not only is she my mother, she is my friend. I can talk to her about anything, and I'm going to get the truth. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, and ugly. I'm going to get it all. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's what mentors do for you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what mentors do. They have to dig a place where you don't want to go and bring things up out of you that they see, that they know that you need to deal with in order for you to move to the next place. And if you really want to be free, you will allow that to happen. If you really want it to be free. Really want to be free, yes, allow it because people can't people cannot 
give you what you don't want to read, you know, what you are not willing to allow them to do. It's just like God. He, he's not going to break in your heart if you don't want him to, to be there. Right. Right. So same thing with a mentor. They will, they will give you what you give comfortable to give you. And if you allow them to be, you allow things to come and you're okay being uncomfortable with it and you allow them to do that, then it's only for your benefit. Man, <laughs> this is fun. I'm like, huh? I hope you're getting full. Uh, this, this is not even about entertainment. This is real life. This is why we call these conversations. And I really hope that someone is getting a nugget. And you take that nugget, put it in your pocket, and then when you get home, you take that nugget and then you bury it deep in your soul. Yeah. You know, Pastor, and I also want to say that um, even through um, what we were talking about earlier, the abuse that I went through, yeah, we were young. We were young. And I just wanted to say that even yet now we are friends because he's a whole different person now because he learned through all the things that we went through, he learned through those things. So he's no longer that person. And I'm grateful to God for that. And we, and we're friends now. We talk about our kids. We talk, and our kids are adults. Mm-hmm. We, and we stay connected so that we can help our kids continue to be good adults. So I want to say that as well, because he, he is, always a good person but there was just things about that he didn't I think I didn't think he understood at that point when we were young because I got we got married when I was so you know I just want to say that there is recovery as well on both ends and see when you when you when you speak when others speak of my elders my mentors I see vision I want to say what you just said I want to put this little this caveat to it leave space for God. Yes. Yes. Because if yes. you close that off, then you're closing God off to that. Well, That's right. That's you, right. How do you right. say that you can close God off? No, you don't understand. You can get in the middle of God's work and he's not going to go through you to get it done. He's going to say, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sovereign, but you have yes. free will and I'm not going to... Absolutely. Go against my who am my entity, my my deity. I'm not going against who I am in order to get my point across. Leave room for God. Yes. And that's finding space to forgive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you go 